Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan. And I am your friend till the end. And you are dying. I am dying. The the sickness that I spoke of last week progressed, and then I think I had like a chest cold, and I can't hear out of my left ear, mm. but I'm going to do my best for this episode. No bueno. It sounds like you're going to lose your voice just in this intro. <laughs> Look, maybe. Is it uh, a coffee or a tea that you've got there? It is a coffee, okay. but she put honey in it. Okay. So... Look, it's strange. And you've also just had a swig of that, uh, what was it? Treacle cough syrup, syrup yeah. <laughs> Smelled like licorice for some reason. I do what I can for the for the listeners. Yep, yep. Soldering through. Uh, I'm not as tired as I was last <laughs> time we recorded, but I'm more sore. I had a show on a Wednesday night, which that's, is rough. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, international bands, they don't really care. Like, what night? Particularly if they're big, because they know they can still pull a crowd on a school night. But um, no, I saw one of my favorite bands when i was in high school Mudvayne. oh yep like uh early 2000s late 90s uh new metal band that my dad got me into of and, sore uh, fame. <laughs> yeah yeah right and uh i gotta say it was uh probably one of my favorite shows i've ever seen damn was, all right uh, was there in the pit and uh is that because of the show or because it's just like the connection you have to it oh i mean it's probably biased because that's sentimental value but also the fact that i think this year is like the 25th anniversary of their debut album and they technically disbanded for like a decade or, or more and then right. rejoined for like some American festivals and some headline tours over there. They came down here and pretty much played that first album in its entirety. Nice. Which has some of our favorite songs by them. And they did the classic makeup and, and costuming and uh, it was sick. I'd want to make a clear. I know maybe one of their songs. <laughs> but I went too hard and had work the next three days <laughs> and I've just had less and less sleep since then so today was going to be my catch-up day but instead i woke up at five and put a movie on before coming here so Shit. maybe we'll see how tomorrow uh, goes. maybe we should have done this like afternoon evening so you had a midday nap or something no you, you can I, snooze after this yeah i don't mind an afternoon like an early afternoon nap so before we'll see if that's on the cards that's right 20 minutes before 3 p.m is the sweet spot yeah but um what did you get up to outside of just being oh, sick, hacking along basically nothing i mean i did buy i went Three ways with two friends to buy a resin printer off my brother. Mm. If that made sense to the viewers, to listeners. Uh, yeah, so I bought a resin printer, and it's uh, it's quite interesting getting into getting into that. It's mm. completely different yeah, <laughs> than, okay. than my usual one. It's quite the interesting hobby. I mean, you obviously laser cut things for a living, but mm. uh, the fact that you also three D print in your own time, which we've probably mentioned on the pod, I mm-hmm. presume. Now you're you're expanding the skills. Yes, uh, I mean there's there's machines you can get that are way pricey than I'm going to pay. Mm. Where they they have like a laser cutter, a resin printer, and a like a filament printer all in one. Oh wow! Okay, and that's that's next level. Yeah, I assume that's physically much larger as well. I would assume so. It's got it's got to have like three bays, I guess. Yeah, sure. You're gonna need a printing room, <laughs> like a craft room. Like my brother, <laughs> he has a whole well, printing yeah. room. No, that's sick. Uh, well, should we get into today's episode? Let's get into it, shall we? Alrighty. So, based on your intro, I'm hoping people got this, because I fucking didn't when we did okay. the trivia episode. <laughs> well, I, um, yeah, I was going to change my quote to be, and I've got a date with a six-year-old boy, but I felt like that would be a bit, you know, if people didn't connect out, <laughs> yeah, that might uh, be a bit strange. That's a bit how you going. But um, Child's Play. Child's Play, the OG 1988 film. Now, we've touched on this in our remakes episode way back when, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of leaned more into the shitty remake, so... <laughs> that makes sense. Also, okay, it's not a shitty remake. 
it's no, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely just, of lesser quality than yeah. the original and is a lesser movie. But I, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just a bad take <laughs> on Child's Play, I think. I mean, yeah, look, if it had nothing to do with Child's Play or Chucky and still had Mark Hamill as the voice, sure, it, it'd probably be all right. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I think it's tainted in my mind, though, because I enjoy this original so much. I think it's tainted in my mind because I like the original. Mm. And so, but then if you remove that, then it's just a story about a killer AI, and I like Megan more than the, than that. <laughs> so. That yeah, that was the saving grace. I think I pointed out in that episode was it was interesting how they kind of updated the story to make it more relevant to modern technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but let's talk about the original where there is no modern technology. Yeah, it's voodoo. Let's go back <laughs> to uh, yeah the roots, which was yeah like you said voodoo magic and also like the puppeteering using animatronics for for uh, Chucky like this was something that they didn't really have a guidebook for really compelling I think for its time like I was watching some behind the scenes stuff uh, this week for this pod and just how it came together was such a laborious like arduous process and I think it still holds up today even when you're looking at like the facial expressions Mm -hmm. of the doll and everything yeah I'd say it definitely holds up and in terms of like fear and scariness I think a lot of people would agree that this is one of the the early scary movies that people watch or know about. I yeah. mean, it definitely was for me. I used to be, without even watching these movies, I was terrified of the movies. And I don't know okay. why. Is like, it- I remember people telling me about the movies and I thought they were the scariest thing in the world. I don't know why, but I'd never seen it. Well, I think dolls are just a common <laughs> fear. And what makes yeah. this concept more effective is the fact that it's a living, killing doll. Yeah. <laughs> So, whereas you have films like The Conjuring and Annabelle where it's like, you never like really see the doll move or talk or anything. Mm-hmm. It just kind of alludes to it being uh, possessed, right? Whereas mm-hmm. this is like full on a uh, little toy trying to attack you. Yeah, I think there's also a lot to say about people's reaction to the Uncanny Valley and like the fear of that. Oh, okay. And for, the, for those that don't know what that is, it's when an inanimate object like looks close enough to a human but not quite. It, people just get freaked out by it. The, the closer it is to looking human without being a human, the more people are freaked out by it. Hmm, okay. So like when you see like the robotic stuff people are doing these days where it almost looks like a human or like AI art and stuff like that where it's an AI picture of a person. Yeah. It's like, oh, it looks almost right, but not quite. It just makes people uncomfortable. Like we're in like a whole AI revolution these days. Then you had like last year, the whole chat, chat GTP or GPT, whatever it is. Mm. But to me, that's not true AI. To me, true AI is when like the AI can do stuff without a prompt and all yeah. the stuff these days, it's just like, it still needs a prompt and it still needs people to input things to exist. It can't do anything just because it wants to. It doesn't have its own sentience. Mm, so it's, yeah. I hate that people are calling it AI when it's, I mean, technically, I guess it is probably AI, but it's not mm. my vis- like version of AI. Gotcha. And I think to that end, that's what makes this scarier is because like, you can't really control voodoo magic. Yeah. Whereas, I guess, you know, anything with a computer or technology, to a degree, it needs power. human input. Human input, yeah, and power, power, yeah. This is just like a, a human soul into a doll and then yeah. you're at its whim. Imagine if they called it soul doll. Soul doll? Look, I'd like that. Rissal bowl. <laughs> so, Charles' play was directed by Tom Holland. My God, Spider-Man. And, <laughs> and written by uh, Don Mancini. John Mancini Lafayette. or Mancini? I've heard Mancini. Okay, maybe it's Mancini. 
John Lafayette and Holland himself. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was like a lawsuit involved where there were disputes over writing credits because it changed so much from the original script. Sure. But uh, even, you know, the the concept of the story, the doll coming to life to kill this kid, uh, the voodoo side of it, even like just the look of Chucky was all that Mancini's ideas. He's like, no, I need to be listed as a <laughs> fucking writer on this I, script. I, fuck, maybe I read it wrong. I thought he didn't have the voodoo stuff. Oh, no, you're right, actually. He... He had, I think, initially that the mother of Andy was like the CEO of the toy company and that Andy cut himself and that's then right. made the, like the, the blood, blood mixed with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, what brought him to life. Yep. Fair. Which I think they kind of reused like that idea kind of in Child's Play 3. That's how Chucky comes back. Like, oh, okay. Maybe some blood gets mixed in in like a toy factory or something like that. Is 3 seed of Chucky? Mm, and not- then 4 was Bride? No, I think it's just Child's Play 1, 2, 3, then Bride, then Seed. Oh, okay. Because I have and heard... Then, what? Cult. Cult, yeah. yeah. I, I've heard as the franchise progressed, it got more into the comedy arena. Mm-hmm. But sure. admittedly, I've only seen this and the remake. Yeah. I've only seen those. Well, and I've just seen bits and pieces of 2 and 3. But mm. I, yeah, I know all the plot points for them all because I've looked up about them without actually watching them. Yeah. I've heard they don't hold a candle to this. Which, you know, that's the nature of franchises. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely personal preference. Like, this is the the most self-contained, obviously, because mm. it, it doesn't have anything to rely on. It yeah. is fresh and new. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know, if someone likes the horror comedy, then they'd think, you know, Seed of Chucky is better. Mm. If they like the gothic horror, then they'd think, oh, not Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Because they'd, they'd like Curse of Chucky the most. Yeah, fair. And it was starring Catherine Hicks... Chris Sarandon, or Sarandon, Alex Vincent, who was the little boy, mm-hmm. and Brad Dourif. Yeah. As uh, Charles Lee Ray and voice of said doll, Chucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, John Lithgow and Gary Oldman were also considered for Chucky or Charles Lee Ray. John Lithgow, I couldn't see. Cause he was creepy in Dexter. <laughs> he was very... He was a very good part of Dexter season four. Mm. And uh, I think he's a good actor, but I just don't see him... As a killer doll, yeah, like he he can do an, an outburst, but I don't think he can maintain a crazy manic outburst like Brad Dourif does. Mm. And who is the other one? Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Okay, yeah. I could see Dracula. him. In, I could see him in literally anything. That man is a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, he's a good character actor. He could play my mother, and I would <laughs> accept it. <laughs> Not Cast him for Norman Bates in the next Psycho uh, <laughs> remake. Ooh, there you go. Um, Child's Play was made on a budget of nine million and went on to make forty four point two million. That so is good. That's good. That's a healthy a, sum. That's a success. And yeah. I mean, it's obviously a success. It spawned a whole fucking franchise. Mm. It's probably the film that I guess rejuvenated the living doll trope in horror because in like the forties or something, you had Dead and Night, which was like an anthology with a ventriloquist dummy. Never heard of that, but. Yeah, it kind of fell to the wayside until this, and then you had lookalikes such as Annabelle and whatnot. Mm, I wouldn't say it revitalized. I'd say it just was the first one to be like super popular. Yeah, fair. Like it's not like there used to be, you know, a lot of or a couple of good ones. Mm. It's just like, oh, there might have been some attempts, but this is the one that really took off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose on the note of uh, my idea. Soul Doll, which I actually <laughs> really like that. Surely that's taken somewhere, like a book or something. Maybe. Um, it had the working title, Batteries Not Included, uh, which obviously fits quite well, yep. but uh, that was taken for a, a Spiel, 
Berg production, I think, at the time. Okay. Uh, that, that came out a year before. I, I don't mind that. That sounds alright for a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unlike the one you're about to say. Yeah, and then they changed it to Blood Buddy. <laughs> which was it? Blood Buddy or Bloody Buddy? <laughs> I, I thought I read Bloody Buddy. I'm pretty sure it's Blood Buddy, but okay. Bloody Buddy is better. <laughs> Either way, they're both bad. <laughs> they suck. Uh, and I guess that's because they were leaning into the blood pact at that time. That's right. Yeah, that would have made sense. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess moving into the the voodoo stuff. Child's Play, I like a good pun in the title. Sure. So, that works. Uh, and the original script apparently led the audience to believe for quite a long time that Andy was the killer and they were mm-hmm. using the doll as a scapegoat. And this red herring kind of got revealed in the final act where, no, this whole time the doll is alive. No one would believe Andy. Whereas mm-hmm. in this one, uh, like I'd seen this film many times before, but rewatching this, I guess like your revelation with the original Exorcist film is it kind of escalates rather quickly. Yeah. Like yeah. you see the doll, you, you, like you don't see the doll moving on its own apart from like the automated functions uh, until like, you know, mid act two. But mm-hmm. like the fact when he's, you know, put to bed and then reappears on the couch with the TV on. Yeah. That's in the first like, what, 20 minutes of the film. And I was like, oh shit. So stuff's already happening. Well, that I I could kind of maybe see that if they wanted to lean to, oh yeah, Andy could be doing that. Mm. But just as... The bit I think that um, like clinched it for me is when you hear the news in the background and Chucky turns to it and it's like, well, well, that's very clearly showing that it is him. Yeah, when they announce like Charles Lee Ray was killed or yeah. Eddie Caputo's escaped or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm fine that they didn't try to lean into the you know did he do it? Didn't he do it? Mm. But I don't know. Maybe that would make a good movie. I th- I mean I think a part of the the reason that it kind of seems to escalate quickly in a good way is that the original cut was over two hours long and test audiences were not a fan. <laughs> so I guess it worked. And a uh, little bit of background, Chucky's actual doll name in the film is Oscar. So when oh, yeah. uh, Andy addresses it for the first time, it's was like, hi, I'm Chucky. Like, That'd be a first sign of something a bit strange. I don't think it is Oscar. Oscar was the one on the TV. And I think they say that each one has a different name. Oh, okay. I might have missed that then. I think they initially wanted to call it Buddy, or it was called Buddy in the script. Hence, uh, Blood Buddy, I Mm -hmm. guess, is the working title. But uh, Hasbro had like a popular kid's toy (laughs) called the My Buddy doll at the time. And I think it looked similar as well, didn't it? It had like the overalls and the strap shirt. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had... Poor sales after this <laughs> film. Well, there was also another company called um, Good Guys. Oh, no. Good Guys? No. What oh, the Good Guys, like <laughs> the electrical company. Is it? That is right. Is Good Guys Buddy Doll? Uh, in the film, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Good Guys. Yeah, there is a there's a company called Good Guys. Yeah, fair. Uh, I just <laughs> I can imagine parents being freaked out by this film and not wanting to get their kid that doll. Which fair? <laughs> I think I had a doll as a kid that would talk like of its own accord sometimes in the middle of the night. <laughs> I think that's called a haunting and a ghost. <laughs> Go, do, dolls don't do that, especially not in the 90s or the no. 2000s. Uh, and what is interesting is that Chucky's face changes as the film progresses. Mm-hmm. I like that aspect. It's, he's mm. like slowly almost becoming more human. Yeah, and they discover that because he gets shot at and not only does he bleed, he feels the pain. Mm-hmm. So that's when he sees the shaman and he's like, hey, why is this happening? I thought you said I wouldn't you know, mm-hmm. be able to die uh, when he takes his new form. And um, shaman kind of explains he needs to like uh, possess the person that brought him to life. 
No, uh, no. It was the possess the person he told his secret to oh, first. Oh, that's right. Which is a bit stupid. That's but a bit hey, whack. voodoo, you know? Why and he's not? like, oh, great. I've got to be stuck in the body of a six-year-old <laughs> kid for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, no, because he grows up. Well, he's going to yeah. be stuck as a six-year-old boy. Yeah, true. Uh, but I thought that was interesting, leaning into like the voodoo law behind it all. Mm-hmm. And gave kind of uh, a reason for a menacing look. Because if Chucky stayed as how the good guy's doll looks the entire film, it would definitely not be very menacing. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a very ugly doll. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I like that moment in the elevator where the oh, elderly yeah. couple like, oh, some kid left their doll. Ooh, it's ugly too. Yeah. He's like, fuck you as it goes yeah. up. <laughs> I think my favorite aspect of the doll becoming more human though is like the receding hairline that mm. comes out of like the final the brow. Yeah. Which, Bloodshot like, eyes. Are they... Were they going for like a Jack Nicholson thing? Because I feel like, I especially know. the movies go on, he starts to sound a lot like Jack Nicholson, and he has like the receding hairline. I mean, and because Brad Dourif did One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest with him, oh, and so I was thinking, oh, maybe true. he like drew inspiration for like his portrayal. Actually, yeah, wasn't that his first film as well? I, I his think debut so, feature as yeah. as Billy Bibbit or whatever. Billy Bibbit or yep. Bobby, I don't know. Um, oh, actually, that'd be cool because there's also like a homage to Shining when he's stabbing through the mm-hmm. door. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I didn't think of that at the time watching. Uh, talking a bit more about the dolls, there were nine different dolls created for filming, uh, which included the animatronic one I mentioned before, which um, was connected to like these rigs that they would put on their heads and it would like mirror their facial movements, oh, okay. which was quite interesting to watch, as well as like little uh, remote controls that they would use. Um, there was a cable one that was just kind of operated by a bunch of different people yanking different parts. And uh, puppets and motorized doll, which I think was only really used once when um, he set a light and he's just kind of like gyrating on mm-hmm. the floor. Yeah. Uh, which I think they said they used by putting a drill inside it. Because <laughs> all they needed was like the twitching for a you know, five yeah. second shot. So whatever gets it across the line. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned it was quite an arduous process because there were up to nine puppeteers uh, for each movement sequence oh, as well. God. So. Uh, it was was quite the the project, and I think the uh, there was a scene. I think it's when you first see Chucky moving, and he's like running across the threshold in the background when the friends watching Andy. Yep, that was played by Alex Vincent's younger sister. <laughs> okay, in a suit apparently. Right, and then when Chucky is in the final act is uh, trying to you know um, do the chant on a knocked out uh, Andy and his you know, eventually set a light and is mm-hmm. thrashing about. Before that shot of him on the floor, that was played by a little person, Ed Gale. Right. And because he was a bit taller than the actual doll, they reconstructed the set 30% larger for scale. <laughs> so I thought that, that was really interesting. That too. is that is so wild. Mm. Just recreating a living room, but 30% larger. Yeah, yeah. So a, a lot went into this. And I think uh, it's just a real testament to show, like, just that effort pays off with practical effects. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, it will take, you know, three months as opposed to a week and possibly a lot more money and, and resources, but it looks so much better and it stands the test of time. It does. So, it's not going to look digitally stupid in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my two cents. Yeah. I, uh, definitely, I don't understand how puppeteers or ventriloquists work because yeah. it's like match up or even cartoon people who like match up the, the voice moving to the actual words because mm. like Brad Dourif 
what he re- he um recorded all of his lines prior to the movie properly being made. Yeah, and then they just played that on set and matched up the doll's mouth to it. Yeah, that's wild to me. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how mouths work. I guess that's what they do with like animation as well. Yeah, like The Simpsons. You know, they have everyone do like ADR in a booth, and then mm. they they animate to it. So I guess that would be easier than doing it the other way around. Do you think yes. Andy <laughs> was the Toy Story inspiration <laughs> for that character? <laughs> Look, maybe. I mean, I've never thought about it until now, but maybe. Surely there's some nods to it in Toy Story somewhere that I've just not picked up on because I haven't watched that film for like <laughs> a long time. Know, 20 years. Honestly, I can't think of anything and nothing's jumping out, but mm. I in I want to think there is because that is great. Yeah. And I mean, I've said it possibly in that remakes episode. Andy is a smart kid. Like he, what is he, six? I think, yeah. Just turned seven yeah. or something. Right. And he's, he's got a date with a six-year-old boy, so he's clearly six. Yeah. And he, you know, finds the flower on Chucky's shoes. He knows to hide in the apartment. He grabs a scalpel in the hospital and backs up against the wall. Tries to warn the doctor. He barricades the door. Like, this kid's smarter than I am in, in yeah. like a home invasion instance. Look, yeah, sure. But he can't make breakfast for shit. <laughs> Burnt toast and a clump of butter. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's, he's an adorable little kid, but if my kid made that much of a mess making breakfast, I'd be just, uh, I'd make them clean it up. Yeah, also makes his mum breakfast in bed on his birthday. I mean, it makes sense. He's, because what? It's like nine or something, does she say? And it's his birthday. You can't mm. sleep in on your kid's birthday. Yeah. Like, let me wake my mum up because it's my birthday. Yeah. But, you know, I'll make her some breakfast. <laughs> he's very Also, sweet. I think, like, the father recently died. Like, semi-recently. Yeah, I... I was wondering that. I didn't know if he was divorced or dead. <laughs> I think it's confirmed dead, but it's... Yeah, because there's a line where Chuck, it's it's implied that Chucky uses the dead father to, like, get his in with Andy. Okay. Because uh, Andy says, oh, yeah, Chucky said he was... Oh, like an angel sent from... Like my from dad in heaven to come play with me and be my friend. Oh, okay. I might have so missed it's, that. It's sort of like a glimpse behind an off-screen conversation where Chucky would have been like, yeah, um, you know, mm. your, your dead dad sent me to have fun with you. Yeah, fair. Speaking and if you're a six-year-old child, I was like, well, all right, cool, I trust you now. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I really like, uh, before you see Chucky talk, is when he will, like, go up to the doll and put his ear to his mouth like he's whispering to him, but yeah. you don't see the face change. That was just freaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it happens like a stranger's esque shot as well where it's like focused on the friend in the kitchen and then he's like blurred in the background doing that mm. gnarly she also dies a lot quicker than i thought oh than i remembered in like this. sooner yeah like sooner like yeah she- that's what i mean this story escalates quickly very quickly and uh i guess the opening sequence you've got like that police shootout uh with charles lee ray who i think you've mentioned in the remix episode was taken from names of famous serial killers not necessarily just serial assassins, killers, just right? assassins but charles manson Harvey Lee Oswald and... Oh, I don't Lee know, Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. And I don't know his name, but the guy who shot Martin Luther King or Junior. Oh, one, okay, one yeah. I can't remember his name, but Ray is familiar. Had Ray in it, yeah. <laughs> Had Ray in it. Uh, and yeah, like you said before, he, he casts a voodoo spell on this toy doll mm-hmm. uh, when he's on the run from the detective who is the main detective in the rest of the film. And you get this bad CGI lightning strike, but then a real explosion. Time good enough for its time and it's saved by yeah a big giant 
practical fireball yeah. that blows up the fucking toy store. And I like that they give a little bit of backstory here where he's known as the Strangler and then in doll form, Chucky like strangles the detective <laughs> when he's driving. It's like, oh, okay, so he's back to his old way. Well, there's a reason they gave him that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just like an interesting moment because it's one of the few films I can think of where they incorporate voodoo like so heavily. Mm, sure, yeah. And uh, other than like pre Romero zombie stuff, oh, true, yeah. They don't really, touch, they don't really touch on voodoo mm. in anything else. And he kind of uses his dying breath to recite this chant, and this storm cloud gathers and explodes this toy store, and uh, he dies. And then it's later revealed that this dude walking by, this homeless guy, picks up said doll and then uh, sells it. To the mom <laughs> later on. The bit that I don't get though is if if there was that big fucking explosion, mm. and yet there's not a mark on that doll, and the doll's back <laughs> in its box. What did what did that homeless man do? He's like, oh shit, a doll. Let me put it back in a box and sell it. That I mean, is, actually, that's probably exactly what. That he is did. an excellent point. Yeah. He's not just charred and in pieces. <laughs> yet, look, look, you know what? Voodoo, magic. Yeah, whatever you want to happen can happen because magic. I mean, I've not seen the sequel, so I can't say this, but maybe the doll's indestructible. Maybe you can literally burn it and blow it apart and it reforms. I No, <laughs> I don't believe so. Because it's not always the same doll. Okay, I in like the sequels, it's just the soul transferred. Soul transferred, I think maybe there's like one piece of the doll, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure, I don't know. Yeah, fair. Um, but what's interesting is like the mother, she's a hustler. She is working at this jewelry store on his birthday and she has to do the overnight. And uh, anyway, her friend's like, oh, there's this peddler in the alleyway that's selling one of those dolls you want. Goes out there, buys it. Doesn't really ask like where he got it from or well, anything you, like that. You can assume where he got it from. He fucking stole it. Stole it. <laughs> He's a, a homeless peddler at the back of an alley. He's <laughs> but she's stole it from somewhere. Because I mean, Andy, he's like obsessed with this doll, right? He's all good guys. He's got like their clothes, their mm-hmm. cereal, like I said before, watches their show on TV. And on his birthday, he gets his like good guys toolkit. And he's just <laughs> visibly saddened by the fact that it's not a doll. Yeah, I mean, there's a fine line between not getting what you want and being an ungrateful <laughs> little shit. <laughs> yeah, like she, you're getting toys. Out. What do you want? Yeah. Just because you didn't get the one thing you wanted. Yeah, the Calm fact down, that it's six-year-old that like what is that a pair of jeans in like this massive box as <laughs> yeah. well didn't help. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was a nice like reveal though. I think also like the message of this movie is that consumerism and marketing will kill you. Mm, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Market stuff to like we're all just obsessed with the the latest thing being peddled to us, and it will try to strangle you and steal your body. Yeah, well, I guess on the same coin. They say any publicity is good publicity, but not when you're trying to sell something that's a, a consumable, I guess. Uh, you mentioned before like how kind of soon it was in the film that the friend dies. It's one of the more iconic deaths, I think, from this decade where, uh, you know, it's evident that Chucky is moving about of his own accord now, uh, even if it's not explicitly stated. And you get that moment where he reappears on the couch with the TV on because he wants to watch wants to watch the nine o'clock news mm-hmm. uh, about where Eddie's at. Uh, the dude who ditched him uh, when he, they were getting chased by the police that night, he cast a spell. And there's just some little things like she hears noises, goes into another room to check it out, and then there's like scampering feet and something knocks over, and she finds like this flower all over the floor, which I guess the only point of that happening was. Was it maybe to frame Andy? 
Like Chucky was trying to frame Andy or do you I reckon I think he just, just knocked over some flour. <laughs> oh, okay, just purely accidental. Because you can't really frame Andy if you have flour on your feet. <laughs> yeah, I think because like it even works, like the detectives still suspect Andy did it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because at this point, like uh, Andy still trusts Chucky, obviously, and believes that he's real, but uh, doesn't see him as being malicious mm-hmm. at this point. And has this little toy hammer from that toolkit he got on his birthday and whacks it between the eyes. How heavy is that toy hammer? Enough to like I don't knock, know. knock her back through the window? The That's fact that wild. one of the detectives is like laughing about yeah. it as that small makes me think it was quite light. Like, yeah. I don't even know if it was metal. <laughs> That's another thing sort of related about this movie is that it's kind of implied that although he's a doll, he still has like superhuman strength mm. because he's like holding off and like strangling people mm. that surely if he had a doll strength could just like, well, just lift this off. Yeah. yeah like just throw it like, across the room. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting aspect of like, how strong is this little tiny doll? Maybe he gets stronger be- as he becomes human. Maybe. Like Who when knows? his face changes. And she stumbles backwards out the window with this slow-mo drop onto a car. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's slow-mo up until the impact. <laughs> and then it just shatters the roof of this car and mm-hmm. just lingers on that limp body. I thought that was... Because I'm pretty sure when they filmed it, they actually obviously filmed like a looking up shot for the slow-mo of the actress jumping out of the window and falling. Mm. And then for the shot of it hitting the car, they just used like a concrete dummy. Oh, to, wow. Like, really dent the car. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can kind of tell with the arm hanging over. It's like, well, that's <laughs> not a real arm, but that's fine. I also don't think a body would make that much of an impact from three <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah. They just bounce off and leave a dent. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I really like about this scene is you get the like low angle POV shot mm-hmm. from Chucky's perspective and those like rapid footsteps as he's running around. And they do that a couple times in here. Like I think the next one's probably the first time you actually see him moving, uh, I guess maliciously, is when he's like at Eddie's place and he's like looking around the kitchen and yep. turns the, the gas on. Uh, but I just thought that was really cool, um, particularly that they did it from the low angle. Mm-hmm. It was a smart, smart choice. The mother, Karen, comes home, grabs Andy, and then the detective is trying to like push the case that he thinks it's Andy. And she's like, oh, I just lost my best friend. I'm sure he's grieving too. He can just leave us alone for the night. And he's like, yeah, cool, whatever. But then as Andy goes to bed, he sees the flower on Chucky's feet, comes out to confess to the detective. Like, he's a smart kid. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he stumbles his line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, that's a kid. What I really like about that is um, it could be like the kid like leaning into that idea that Mancini was um, trying to refer to the audience for a long period that he was actually doing it, not mm-hmm. Chucky. Uh, like the kid's alibi. He's like, oh, no, no, look, there's flour in his shoes. Like if the detective didn't even see it, it sounds a bit pointed. <laughs> yep, like sure. he's trying to lead, lead them away from hey, the trail. look, you idiots, you missed this bit of yeah. <laughs> this clue. So I think that's really clever writing, even if it kind of is a bit shoehorned in with the flour on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. as you say, maybe he just knocked it. I don't know. The film sort of takes a, a dark turn after this point where Chucky makes Andy take a train to Eddie's house in the ghetto. <laughs> yeah. Like, mum drops him off at school or whatever and he just escapes with this doll. Well, not escapes. Walks out the yeah. door. <laughs> it's not a prison. Absolute fearless, this bloody six-year-old. Yeah. That's I mean, kids fun. are like that sometimes, right? I wasn't. <laughs> scared of the monster under their bed, but they'll go talk to strangers in the bad part of town. Yeah. I mean, he's got his friend with him, you know? Chucky's there to protect him. Mm. And what's cool about this is you still don't see them actually talking to each other. Like, yeah. you just hear him again, like, putting his ear to his mouth, which is just creepy. Well, he's in public, isn't it? Well, yeah, true. And I remember, like, he sits Chucky on this chair 
like this swing seat or whatever. And rocking chair. Yeah, and he goes to take a whiz, comes back and he's gone. You just see the swinging chair, which mm-hmm. is nice, the rocking chair. Uh, and that's when you get the POV of Chucky in the house. And I really like that it's like, it's almost Carpenter-esque. It's like slowly just close up looking around this room and you've got the rats coming out of everywhere. It's this mm-hmm. dilapidated building. And yeah, turns on the gas in the oven. So when he's like knocking things about, Nitty uh, wakes up and, and is stalking the rooms with his gun out. So uh, fires into this room and damn thing explodes. You get another real... Another real explosion. explosion. That's, that's two. Yeah, I mean, wow. like, what is this? Two big explosions on a budget of nine million? <laughs> Did, like, half of it just go to that? Being able <laughs> to blow up buildings? Well, I mean, they don't really have any, like, big-name stars. And then and they just lock up the kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Just put him straight into, like, a mental, mental hospital. Which, fair. If you're looking at this from the outside, that mm. is a mental child. Yeah. He's saying a doll exists. He's <laughs> been at the scene of the crime for mm. two murders. Yeah. and what? Lock him up. What I thought was interesting, having seen Sixth Sense recently with Tony Collette playing that like unwavering, like faithful mother mm-hmm. to that kid. In this one, she like does like doubt him. Well, yeah, I feel. of course she does because like she's <laughs> because it's she's you're not like going to believe your about kid it. about a doll coming to life. Yeah, yeah, and because uh, he he is like convincing and innocent and and yeah, I don't know. I guess as a parent, it will be hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. I guess now that we've seen Child's Play, if it happened to us, we could be like, oh, this fucking doll. It better I, don't, not be. I don't know. I think, because I was, I was actually thinking about that, like specifically the part when, back when there was the babysitter mm. and she was like adamant that she's like, oh, it's not Chucky. Stop lying to me. I was thinking if, if my child did something like that to me, I wouldn't, and it's probably bad parenting, but I wouldn't just be like, no, stop lying. I'd be like, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, Chucky's alive, whatever. Yeah, like, I wouldn't like, care. Go along with it. I wouldn't like, try to tell them it's not mm. but i wouldn't play into it and like take it seriously i mean they could have had a dark turn in this film where the kid starts getting like bruises and scratches on him and stuff and is like chucky you know mistreating him but still keeping him close but why would it this chucky he's not, it's not an abusive relationship <laughs> no it's just manipulative but yeah. i mean just so the mother had something to go by before he gets locked away in the hospital no nah, i don't like that Take it out of the movie. Don't yeah. don't you dare put that in. <laughs> Terrible idea, Dylan. Anyway, so the kid's locked up and Karen takes the doll home and she sits him on the couch and then she looks at the box and the batteries fall out. <laughs> the batteries were not included. In this My God. talking doll. That is a good moment. A good moment of like realization and suspense. Oh, yeah. yeah it's- and a good way to show like that it is real for her. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's just such a simple way to do it as mm. well. Instead of just her witnessing the doll move or talk when not prompted, mm. like just having the batteries fall like an inanimate object is just beautiful. Yeah. And uh, she looks at the doll, flips him over, undoes his like <laughs> fucking ass flap or whatever. <laughs> and this fucking creepy moment where the head just rapidly spins <laughs> around. She screams, drops him, and he rolls under the couch. That was genuinely tense. Yeah, it was. I, I, you missed a small bit, and I, I like the way they do it. Is that, well, it's, it's also kind of strange because she, the batteries fall out, and that like eighty percent convinces her. Because mm. then she looks at the batteries, doesn't see them, and then doesn't she go to throw it in the fire? And so, like, if you don't talk now, I'm gonna throw you in the fire. I think that's later. Vance oh. afters because that's when he comes to life for real. Yeah, when she's about to throw him in, right? No, no, no. Surely not. And because he calls why... her like a whore and filthy slut and. Start strangling him. Oh, okay. Her head. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I apologize. But I do like that moment. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And I will say, uh, when he rolls under the couch and it's like really slowly, like her getting down and reaching her arm under, apparently uh, Catherine Hicks was like imagining it being a snake because she was afraid <laughs> of snakes. And oh. she's like, how can I act to this scene in a way that will be like actually convincing for the audience? Sure. I like it. And that was like, yeah, like I said, a tense moment. I was getting the heebie-jeebies watching that even though I know what happens. Like he doesn't, because it would have been so easy to have this cheap scare where she reaches under and then she's like, oh no, and her arm's getting pulled. Like in the Blob remake. Yeah. Reaching in the sink. Yeah. And the fact, like you said, that he doesn't and they just play it to the point where you can't possibly have any more red herrings Mm -hmm. just as she's about to throw him in the fire. You get that like almost comical struggle. (laughs) Well, Uh, because at that point, like he's really committed to not moving. Yeah. But then at that point, the, the jig's up. Time to... Yeah. Smack a bitch. Yeah. And this is the first time you actually see uh, externally, like not a POV, mm. Chucky moving. It's also the first time I think you you hear him in his like real voice, right? Because yeah. up to this point, he says like the, I'm Chucky, want to play? Uh, like but, the automated voice. Yeah, like the automated voices. But now it's, he's just talking in Brad Dourif's voice. Mm, mm, yeah. Insulting the mother and, and beating her and, and yes. pulling her hair. And <laughs> yeah, it's gnarly. And so she... And biting her. Yeah, that's right. Gnarly she bite. gets the bite. Yeah, and because that's when she runs outside and uh, coincidentally runs into the detective uh, Norris, I think his name is, and shows him like the bite mark because he doesn't believe her that she saw the doll move, and uh, he is just disbelieving and tells her to go to bed and and leave it to to the cops or whatever. So she's like, "That's it. I'm finding that that peddler <laughs> in the alley," and she storms off, and he goes after her. Goes to the literal crack alley. <laughs> yeah, find, finds the dude that she bought the doll off and it's like, insinuates that he and his buddies are about to rape her and then Norris pops up, beats the shit out of him uh, and that's when she reveals, sorry, he reveals to her for the first time that he is the guy that killed Charles Lee Ray. Mm-hmm, yep. So I love how douche is like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, why, mm. why would he? <laughs> why yeah. would he tell her that? It's there such was, a random thing. There was no connection to no uh, connection. Charles Lee Ray being in this doll yet. Yeah. Is it like he drives her home? Uh, there's an interesting camera movement, by the way, in that scene where uh, you get this really nice symmetrical shot from the back seat of them talking. And then the camera sort of turns to have a shot of her on the right. And then she's kind of like arguing with him. Like, you have to believe me. We have to, uh, you know, you have to let me come with you, whatever. And then it's a shot of him cracking the shits. He gets out of the car, walks around the bonnet, to like open the door and like forcibly take her out. Mm-hmm. And then when he walks back around to get into the seat, the camera follows her across yep. the front to his side. And from memory, like once they exit the car, it's all one shot. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting. It looks very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this uh, tug of war between the, the battle of wills, I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he drives off and Chucky appears in the back seat, strangles him while he's Sorry. fucking driving. Garrots him. Garrots him with something. And he's like speeding in oncoming traffic. And then he's fucking stabbing a kitchen knife through the seat. <laughs> I couldn't, I could not do that. Like when he's fucking driving and he stabs it through the, the bottom part, he's like <laughs> just lifting his legs up trying to drive. Like that'd be hard. <laughs> yeah. But your life's on the line. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think he avoids getting stabbed, right? Yeah. It's, it's not till like the car crashes and then it rolls over and uh, he starts shooting at Chucky and he's like toying with him and, and jumping around the car and, and um, you get that really cool scene where he's got like the glint of the knife and gets shot and this stuffing goes everywhere and he flies back when mm. he scampers off. 
that was just a, a pretty intense scene because it's it's like you know him strangling Karen or whatever in front of the fireplace was pretty intense. But mm-hmm. like getting choked while you're speeding and then stabbed at through the seat, like man, it's a uh, hell of an action scene. Yeah. Particularly because audience members in cinemas would have been watching that sitting in a seat. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just might have been more relatable than just lounging around at home. You get those like 4D cinemas where there's like mist just spraying like, heat and vibrating. And <laughs> an actual knife comes up out of the seat. Oh, shit. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. And then um, we mentioned before that there's this like shaman dude that uh, I think they kind of say he was somewhat of a mentor for Charles Lee Ray and mm-hmm. like taught him the ways of voodoo. Yep. Um, or maybe Charles Lee Ray just came to him for advice on like how to transcend the afterlife or whatever. Yep. And uh, he pops up. Uh, Chucky pops up in the windowsill. And that's kind of where he looks most like a animatronic or at yeah. this point like puppeteered doll. Yeah. Very like stiff movements. Well, this is the first time you see him properly moving but not in an aggressive way because he does like a yeah. ta-da. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, that stance with his arms apart. Mm. But I think what is forgivable about that stilted movement is it is a doll. Yeah. So it's it's not like you're trying to go for this, um, you know, futuristic creature design in like a predated era mm-hmm. in terms of special effects. So I think that's that's how they can get away with it and it still looks good. Yeah, that's when he kind of comments on Chucky's like appearance and he says, you know, I'm bleeding. Why, am I, why do I feel pain? You said I'd be immortal, whatever. And he's, he reveals that he needs to, you know, find a new vessel in a living person, which is obviously going to be Andy because he confessed his secret to him. Then Andy, who is still locked up locked up in this mental hospital, uh, is looking out the, the barred window and this little doll is, is creeping up the steps. I'm guessing that was a little person uh, in costume surely. at that point. As well, it, it moves too, it's too fluidly. Nimbly, yeah. yeah. I completely forgot about this whole part of the movie, by the way. Like what the whole Andy in the hospital and... Mm. I, I don't know how long it's been since I actually watched this movie. Probably a couple of fucking years. Yeah. But yeah, I, in my mind, it went straight from like voodoo person to Andy in the house. Mm. I completely forgot that he got essentially busted out. Yeah, it's a scary scene as well because you see it in like monster movies all the time where someone's, you know, locked away or no one believes them and they're in a hospital like this or something. And then the thing's coming for them and they're like, oh no, it's coming. Like you got to mm-hmm. get out. And it's always kind of cheap, but... Um, I don't know. There's something about this was just different and effective. Uh, maybe because it's a kid. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like less inclined to have that deceptive nature. Yeah. It does lead to a very good kill with, oh, the, the, with doctor? the doctor getting his brain fried. I will say I I wish his head exploded. <laughs> that would have been cool. I have a little bit of body horror in I there. I think that would have been a bit too much because <laughs> your brain doesn't, your head doesn't explode from electricity. Yeah. But I also don't know if it gets like black soot on it <laughs> either. <laughs> That's but right. I, I don't know, I just love the look of it where he starts getting more and more like black suited on his face. Mm. Like his eyes get bloodshot and start bleeding. Yeah, yeah. It's gnarly. Yeah, because he puts like a shock therapy brace mm. on his head and cranks it up, right? Yeah. And then just cooks his brain. <laughs> yeah. Starts smoking. Uh, that is cool. And that's also that scene when Andy like grabs a scalpel and um, backs up into a corner and he's like, oh, he's in here. It's like kind of like the face hugger scene in Alien where <laughs> yeah. they, it's in here somewhere. And then somehow Andy manages to get home to the apartment from the hospital on his own. And he like barricades the door, hides himself in the closet. And Chucky comes down the chimney like fucking Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) And he eventually finds Andy or well, no, 
Andy finds him, swings at him with this mini baseball bat mm-hmm. and misses, and then gets knocked out. And uh, Detective Norris and Karen come in just as Chucky's in the middle of like reciting that chant to, I guess, uh, transfer yeah. his life force trans- into the boy. Transfer life spell. Yeah. Uh, they do da dee da bum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember reading what the translation of this was, and I there was some. I mean, it's very long. It's like, give me the power, Debella. Yeah. I beg of thee, you know, give me life beyond death. Yeah. Transfer my soul. Something. It's all that standard stuff. <laughs> Typical you know. voodoo stuff. Typical voodoo you know. stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a bit of a struggle. Uh, they end up chucking. Chucky, <laughs> Chuck and Chucky in the uh, fireplace, and they put that cover up, and he tries to kind of like make one last ditch effort to appeal to <laughs> Andy, and he's like, "Oh, we're friends to the end, remember?" He says the line, and I really love the delivery uh, of Alex Vincent when Andy's like, "This is the end, friend," and just drops I don't know. Match. It is kind of cringe the way he says it, but he's a six-year-old boy. I, I'll allow it. Yeah, I guess because the music drops out at the same time to like really yeah. give weight to that sentence. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It's just satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've been vocal about my hatred of child actors mm. in the past, but this is a good one. I like this. He's he's a cute little little child, and he does his job well. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe there's just like a, an age. Like if they're this young, they're cute and adorable, and I'm fine because even if they fuck up and are weird, it's because they're young. Mm. And then any older until like late teens, mm. I hate. <laughs> Well, I think I remember in the behind-the-scenes interviews that Alex Vincent, when he was auditioning, they did the scene where he has to swear, mm-hmm. and he's like telling the mom, "Oh, but Chucky said Maggie's oh, a real bitch; she yeah. got what she deserved." Apparently, he did all the lines up until that point, and then he'd he'd be like, "Oh, I can't remember the line," and they did that like several times, and they're like, "Oh, it's okay; like, just wait till you're comfortable, and then just say the line, and we'll see how you go," and. When he finally did it, he revealed to like the casting crew that he knew the line. He just wasn't comfortable saying it in front of them. And they're like, oh, well, you fooled all us, so you've got the part. You're a good <laughs> That's actor. That's a good actor right there. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And um, what's kind of funny, I guess, about <laughs> this scene when Chucky's like raging behind the fireplace cover is you can see the fucking puppeteer's arm like just <laughs> shaking this doll against Karen. <sighs> you know, they've all got now battle scars from Chucky and they're hiding in the bedroom and they hear him coming That's after you get that shot of him burning on the ground mm-hmm. and they lock one door and he uh, runs around to the other side and you get that shining bathroom-like scene uh, stabbing through the door with Karen against it which was nice and Detective Norris he's he shoots what? His head, his arm and his leg off and this charred doll is still like Crawling towards them with his damn knife. Yep. Still coming. Voodoo magic. <laughs> uh, and then the other detective rocks up. He doesn't believe him and he picks up the head. <laughs> he explicitly tells him, do not touch anything. Walks in with the head. It's a doll. Ugh, you man. can't... No one's going to believe that a doll is coming to life to kill you. Yeah. And you're going to hate me for doing this. But I like when he's at the other side of the room, puts the head down and then... Uh, out of that like air vent, the arm comes through and chokes into the wall. Mm-hmm. Reminded me so much of Signs. Oh, did it? Did it really? Did it remind you of Signs? <laughs> did, did a horror movie remind you of Signs? That's, kind of, that's crazy. <laughs> Watching that, I was like, I'm gonna mention it because that's probably where Shyamalan got it from. But Nathan's gonna hate me. Uh, it's fine. I'm I'm sure it's all good. I mean, what a final scare! The doll has been dismembered and burnt, and he's still coming because they haven't shot him through the heart. Because yeah. 
we probably should have mentioned that's what the shaman says with his last words, right? Is that yeah, you can only kill it by destroying the heart, like a mm-hmm. damn vampire. Sure. And uh, yeah, they they shoot the doll. Stuffing goes everywhere. Blood splatters on the wall, which was nice because obviously he's almost you know fully human in a doll form at this point. Yep. And uh, it was a weird kind of closing shot where oh, it's you know, like they, it's just a freeze frame, isn't it? Yeah, they leave yeah. the room and it's just as. Um, Andy's shutting the door. It's like still ajar with his face looking back. And I don't know why they made that choice, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a bit jarring. I'm not a big, not a big fan of uh, freeze frame ending mm. in movies. Even if they just did like a slow mo, like when Maggie falls out the window, maybe, and then just slow mo closing the door, looking back, and then fade to black in the credits roll. But yeah, freeze frame was an odd choice. I don't know. Doesn't, anyway, didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like you said, self-contained, everything's resolved. Yeah, they they didn't have to make an entire franchise out of this. It's it's tight, you know, wrapped neatly in a package. Mm. Wrapped in a neat little yeah, package. I was trying to remember the line, uh, and I think that's why it does hold up so well because it doesn't rely on, you know, the final, you know, tease of a of a sequel to come. You can mm. watch it just by itself without watching any of the other movies. Yeah, yeah. but then of course they go on to make a bunch of movies. But yeah, so um, Child's Play, it's it's uh, yeah, a really nice story kind of again like revolving around the the relationship between a mother and and their kid mm-hmm. and uh this external force coming in trying to break them apart it, i i guess as well harkening back to that original script idea of the mum being involved with the doll could have had like a bit more guilt on her character's part would sure. have been interesting to explore but um no still very much enjoy this film yeah i don't think i'd add anything or take anything away i think it's i think it's perfectly fine as it is mm, very good was there a shot in there that you'd frame? There was actually, and yeah. it was it was the the shot that I think is the absolute creepiest. It's when the the like semi charred up Chucky is slowly stalking with the knife raised to take Andy. Yeah, that looks freaky, man. Like pussy, and looks like yeah. worms or something in his That's face. Wild. I think it looks it looks so freaky and weird, and mm. but like oddly beautiful. Yeah, I and like the, it. the eyes are so lifelike at that mm. point as well, like the blood vessels and everything. So I I chuck that up. It's quite oh, yeah. nice. Just have that charred head <laughs> somewhere. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was really nicely shot. Like I've said, there's some really interesting camera movement, but also I really enjoy that low angle POV. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it makes sense to do it low since he's a doll, but uh, yeah, just like even in Halloween, I guess it's it's I guess level with the countertop. Mm-hmm. It just puts in their shoes literally, which is quite nice. And uh, I touched on it before. I really enjoy all those shots of. Uh, Chucky in the background of a character when it's looking over their shoulder and they're like busy in the foreground. Mm-hmm. That was just really cool. And particularly because you don't like really see him move in mm-hmm. those instances. So as an audience member, while the character is in focus, you're watching the blurry Chucky in the background to see if you can see him move. Yeah. But he never does. <laughs> it's not until Karen's about to throw him in the fire, right? And I just think that's a really clever way of building tension throughout the film and... I really love the score as well. I don't like it wasn't too memorable to me before watching this, but on rewatch I was like, wow, it's a really tense like orchestral yeah. score. I'm not this. gonna lie to you, I cannot remember a single bit of the score. Oh, okay. I'm sure it was good, but I don't think it's memorable. Yeah, it's just like really dramatic, uh, with some kind of synth elements, and then you've got this like echoing like drum pattern every now and then. I don't mm. know, it was just like chilling Fair for enough. me personally. Wild. Yeah, and I mean, this film went on to, to have quite the franchise. Like we've said, you had six sequels, a remake, and a TV show. So With, what, two seasons, I think? 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised they're in their third now. I've not seen any of that, but I've heard it's all right from mm-hmm. a friend of mine that's a big Child's Play fan. Nice. And uh, the question that we posted in the Deadheads Facebook group this week was, what was your favorite childhood toy? Very lighthearted, this one. This is yeah. A, I w- what's I wanted, the worst thing a stranger's ever done to you? <laughs> I was going to say, I wanted to um, lighten it up a bit from the last one. And Childhood toys. I will read what the comments were when my phone decides it has an internet connection. <laughs> That's right. So, how many comments did we get for this one? I think only only two. So, Alex, Alex said the Rubik snake thing. Mm. Which I didn't even really have as a child, and I, I didn't know about them until I was like teenage years, and no longer playing with that stuff. Okay, but they're those weird snake things that can sort of like unfold and fold together into cubes and snakes and stuff. Yeah, were they like triangular blocks? Triangular blocks, yeah, and, yeah. And you can just like make weird shapes with them. I never had one, but I remember people having them when mm. I was in school. Yes, and uh, and Sean said playing with little green army men as a child was always a good time. Yeah, and I agree with that. You ever have the little green army men with like the parachutes and you throw yeah. them up and then they parachute down? Yeah, that was cool. I used to have like them in show bags and stuff. But, okay. Um, yeah, I had a few of those, but I never did anything like Sid from Toy Story with them. Put them in <laughs> microwaves like Bart Simpson. But uh, yeah, no, they were always cool because you could just. I mean, I, I think I did maybe set them up somewhere and shoot like rubber bands at them. <laughs> that was always fun. But um, yeah, I uh, I had a lot of yeah a lot of some of the toys I remember the most weren't mine. Mm. They were uh, everyone when we'd go, we'd go to my um, like nanny and pa's grandparents' house. They still had toys from when my father was a child, yeah, and true. so they had these old like yeah uh, army men and army trucks and cannons. But there was this one in particular. Where it was like an old style cannon on wheels, but it was like working, and you could put a match in there. Oh, like the match, and it would shoot a flaming match out. Jesus, it was so fun. It's like when our parents used to play with cap guns and shit. Yeah. And we get fucking water pistols and Nerf guns. Like, yeah. what's with that? But I was also a big Lego kid. Spud guns. <laughs> Back before Lego had set things you had to build, just a bunch of blocks and see what your imagination can build. Yeah, usually great. shitty spaceships. <laughs> Great concept for a toy, though. Like, let a kid... Give, give a kid the bare minimum to create whatever they want and let them roam free. Yeah. I uh, used to love this stuffed toy platypus. Okay. Which, weirdly enough, platypus ended up being one of my favorite animals. And um, there's a photo of me at uh, my mom's parents' house as a kid in just a shirt and a nappy with a feather duster in one hand <laughs> and at this toy platypus in the other. And I'm just, like, doing laps of the house screaming. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't quite remember it. I've probably still got it somewhere, but um, apparently I would be so distraught without it that they got a second one. So <laughs> if I, like, threw up on one or dropped it in mud or whatever, they could wash it and I'd still have one. Wow. So, but, but that's not the same. Surely you'd love the original one. <laughs> you'd probably have a different smell. But, uh, yeah, that's that's probably my earliest memory of a, of a favorite toy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a doll. It's not a doll. I don't know what you, what you call it. A little bear. Mm. His name was Kix. Kicks. He was a little green bear with a with a soccer ball on his chest. Okay. And that was my most beloved, like, yeah, like doll mm. toy bear thing. Nice. Unfortunately, my sister's dog kind of ate its face a little bit at one point. <laughs> so my, my nanny had to do some surgery and like gave it oh, these sewed, pretty much sewed eyes back on it. But they were these little tiny beady little like <laughs> black googly eyes. Dodecahedrons. Dodecahedrons. Yeah, it was, well, because they weren't circular. They were like, yeah, they had lots of sides on them. Dodecahedrons. But she, she performed surgery and rebuilt his face. Yeah, wow. My biggest regret in life is that we lost him in a move somewhere. She Facial reconstruction and then just MIA. Yeah. Damn. But yeah. There you go. Toys that are a bit uh, 
kinder and yeah, none of us came to life to kill us and possess our souls. Not yet. Well, I've lost kicks, so he's someone else's problem. Somebody set this doll to evil. (laughs) I think I've already quoted that on this pod. Yeah, but I'm surprised it took that long in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair. All right, well, that is that is it. I don't know how long this episode will end up being because mm. we've had to cut a, like, a couple of things. Yeah, they seem to be running over an hour though, like consistently. So. Yes, but I uh, hope you enjoyed our episode on child's play. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you enjoyed it at uh, deadhousepod at helpmail.com or just check out our socials at deadhouse or deadhousepod. We have a Facebook group where we ask questions that we read out, and that's deadheads. Mm-hmm. No relation to the band, <laughs> to uh, the Grateful Dead. <laughs> the Grateful Dead. Uh, catch us for our next episode at Friday at 5 p.m. on Friday. We'll be right back.